Hello, my name is Chris Kreitschow, and this is the New Rust Station Podcast, a show about learning the Rust programming language. This is a news episode for Rust 1.20. As the title of the episode suggests, Rust 1.20 came out today. That's a pretty amazing number if you take a step back and look at it. We've gotten used to this pace of releases in the Rust community, but it's still fabulous and it's still unusual. In the last roughly 15 months, Rust has shipped 21 releases, starting with Rust 1.0, steadily improving the language and adding features without ever breaking backwards compatibility along the way. In fact, if you go back and look at what Rust 1.0 looked like, you can see how it's both the same language as today's Rust, and yet also a recognizably less mature language at the same time. Starting with this episode, I'll be putting out news episodes to coincide with each minor Rust release. Every six weeks seems like a reasonable amount of time to cover with as much as is going on in the Rust world these days, not least because there's more happening all the time. So we'll start by looking at what is in Rust 1.20 itself. The first, and really the only big thing, is the stabilization of associated constants. These are a lot like other associated items which already exist, specifically associated types and associated functions. Associated functions are quite ordinary in Rust. They're just static functions that belong to a given trade or struct or enum. Associated types are a bit more complex. They're types, kind of like but not the same as a generic type, which are associated with a given trait, and which you must specify for any implementation of that trait. If that went a little over your head, don't worry. I have an episode planned to talk about them in detail in the future. Associated constants are more like associated functions. They're just constant items which can be attached to any trait, struct, or enum. You can define constant items either on trait declarations, on impl trait blocks for structs or enums, or on standalone impl blocks for structs or enums. In the case of a trait declaration, you can define the actual value on the trait itself, or you can leave it just a type and require the types which implement the trait to specify the value. And note that you can only use a trait constant with an actual implementation of the trait. You cannot write a trait named foo with a constant named bar and then just use it like foo colon colon bar. But if you have a quux which implements foo, you can write quux colon colon bar, and that'll do what you expect. All of this might seem relatively arcane. Where would I use this? But it is quite useful for a number of things, and the Rust 1.20 announcement post points out, for example, that it lets you define quite a few things in a trait for floating point numbers simply as part of the floating point trait type itself. It used to be that you would need standalone constants in a floating point module which were referenced from within the implementation of a given trait. Now, you can just put it on the trait and the implementer for that trait. This is also one of several building blocks for more advanced compile time quote-unquote metaprogramming, or as you might also describe it, in this case, programming via the types themselves and at compile time, rather than with the runtime behavior of the program. This is also a concept that we'll come back to on the show in the future because it's of considerable interest to the broader Rust community and development teams and also because it's something I'm very interested in. Now, what about other big things in Rust 1.20? Well, as I noted, there aren't a lot. Indeed, as with most Rust releases, there aren't a lot of big things. 
there are instead a bunch of small improvements and stabilizations in the standard library, mostly quality of life changes. But of course, 20 releases worth of quality of life changes have added up quite a bit. A couple little tidbits that I thought were among the most interesting. The unimplemented macro now lets you specify why a function isn't implemented yet. So when your program hits that point and dies, you can get an explanation printed to the console. This is quite helpful when you're leaving notes for yourself as to why a particular function doesn't do anything yet. There are also a couple handy new methods on the option type, get or insert and get or insert with. Both of those supply mutable references to the item inside the option, if it exists, or they insert a new value and get a mutable reference to that if the option is none. Get or insert with does that by way of a closure. Like I said, those are not game changers and neither are any of the other library stabilizations, but they are convenience methods and the existence of those convenience methods adds up over time. There are a bunch of other changes along those lines, so as usual, I encourage you to take a look both at the released blog post and at the detailed change log for Rust 1.20, and of course I've linked those in the show notes. Now, for something both old and new in the show, at the same time, in the early days of the podcast, I often called out ongoing community news, new resources, and so on in the opening minutes of each episode. I eventually realized, though, that that stuff would get out of date in a way that a lot of the tutorial-type material doesn't, and so I dropped it. I've let the tutorial episodes be just tutorials, and therefore somewhat more timeless. But I do want to keep the ability for the show to highlight a bunch of different things going on in the community, and these every six weekly episodes are the new home for those kinds of things. First up on that list then, I am so excited, I am delighted to say that New Rust Station is once again not the only podcast in the Rust space. Back in mid-June, some other members of the community, the ringleaders seem to be Manish Garrigo Oker and Carol Nichols or Golding, perhaps better known to you by their handles, Manish Earth and Carol's Two Cents, where two is spelled in binary, so ten. These community members kicked off a new show called Request for Explanation. Every episode is a deep dive on some Rust RFC. So if you want to hear about a specific RFC, and in fact, if you want to be on the show to talk about a given RFC, you can just file an issue on the GitHub repo where they're hosting the blog, and they'll open a discussion about when and how that might work. They have about 10 episodes out right now, because unlike me, they're publishing weekly. Props to them. That's a lot of work. And they're doing good work. You should listen. You'll learn a lot. And they're doing something totally different in the podcasting space than I am. Besides, even if they weren't, more Rust podcasts is just more awesomeness as far as I'm concerned. As I release this, we are also right in the middle of Rust conference season. RustConf happened just a couple weeks ago, and videos will be coming out for it soon-ish, hopefully. Last year, the videos seemed to have gone up about two months after the conference itself, and that seems to be about par for the course for other conferences I'm familiar with as well. In any case, it sounded great. A lot of the Twitter chatter I saw and summary notes that I saw fly by all looked very interesting, and I'm looking forward to watching those videos myself. If you missed RustConf, though, there are still a couple other conferences you can get to this year. The first is RustFest, which runs September 30th through October 1st in Zurich, Switzerland. 
tickets are still on sale and the list of speakers with it is slowly being rolled out. I have never made it to Rustfest, but the attendees of the last few years have raved about it and also the videos from that have been great. The focus on the first day, Saturday, is talks on everything from using Rust with embedded hardware to testing to doing concurrency. Then on the second day, Sunday, the focus will be on learning and on hack sessions. So if you're in Europe, or if Europe is easier to get to than the U.S. is, or you just feel like going to Europe would be awesome, you should get to Rustfest. The other option this year is Rust Belt Rust, which is October 26th and 27th in Columbus, Ohio in the United States. It's organized by Carol Nichols or Golding and includes a keynote by several people from the core team, including Carol herself, Aaron Turan, and Nika Matsakis. The full schedule was announced today, August 31st, and it includes a full day of workshops on Thursday and a full day of presentations on Friday. And, and I am so excited about this, I'll be giving one of those talks on Friday, so if you'd like to meet up with me, that will be the place and time to do it. Also exciting news, listeners of the show can get 20% off by using the code NEWRUSTATION at checkout, so if you want to go to Rust Belt Rust and see me there, use that coupon and you'll get to go for a little bit less. On a related note, I do hope and I will follow up probably with a special meta episode about this. I, I want to have new Rust Station stickers there at the conference, though I have to figure out some of the dynamics of that. And I'm also hoping perhaps to make new Rust Station t-shirts available here in early September so that if people want, we can have a whole troop of people who are there as new Rust Stations. Again, more on that to come. Last but not least... Last but not least, I also want to draw your attention to two meetups people asked me to mention. Both of them, sadly, I was unable to get an episode out soon enough to mention for this month, but here they are anyway for future reference. One is a New York City Rust meetup. They have a meeting tonight, August 31st, and they will, of course, have more meetings in the future. I don't have the long-term schedule for that available, but you can follow up with the organizer, Robert Balicki, for more details. And, of course, you can also check them out on meetup.com. The other meetup is the Triangle Restations meetup, which meets here in the Raleigh-Durham Chapel Hill area in North Carolina. I've been able to attend two of the three meetings so far, and it's been a blast, and I'll be at one more on September 25th. That group meets on the fourth Monday of every month. Again, the next meeting is September 25th. If you live around here, or if you happen to be in the area, you should definitely stop by. I'll be moving out of the area after that, but I also expect I may be helping start a new meetup where I land after that because, to my knowledge, that area doesn't have one yet. More on that in the future as well. Again, info about time and location for both of those is on meetup.com, and I'll have links to those in the show notes. Finally, one community resource you should know about is rustrations.club. That's like the word frustrations, but without the initial F, so rustrations. This is a project being sponsored by Integer32, the currently, to my knowledge, only Rust consultancy, run by Jake Golding and Carol Nichols or Golding. And that's everything I've got for today. If you'd like your stuff, things you're working on, interesting projects, projects which need maintainers or supporters or contributors, etc., to land in the next news episode when Rust 1.21 comes out in six weeks, you can send it my way on Twitter, at NeuroStation or at Chris Kreitcho, or you can shoot me an email at hello at NeuroStation.com. 
And I'll be back in early September with a Crates You Should Know episode looking at easy data parallelism in Rust with Rayon. Thanks to this month's $10 or more sponsors. This month, they were Anthony Deschamps, Chris Palmer, Benham Esfabode, Dan Abrams, Daniel Collin, David W. Allen, Matt Rutter, Nathan Scully, Nick Stevens, Peter Tillemans, Philip Keller, Rafe Levine, and Vesa Kailavirta. Thanks to all the other sponsors, and thanks as well to everyone who helps other people find the show and learn about Rust. Whether you do that by telling a friend, by reviewing the show and sharing it on iTunes or other podcast directories or on social media, I really do appreciate that. Show notes for this episode, including links to all the blog posts and change logs and everything else I mentioned, are available at newrustation.com slash show notes slash news slash rust underscore one underscore 20. Until next time, happy coding. <laughs>